Welcome to the Vineyard Northridge Weekly Sermon Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message by our senior pastor, Neil Haney. For more information about our church, visit our website at vineyardnorthridge.org or find us on social media at Vineyard Northridge. Years and years ago, I heard a story uh, from uh, when we were going through Alpha, and uh, Nikki Gumbel, the, the, the guy that, that heads up uh, uh, Alpha and, and did the teachings, um, he, he told the story about a man who was in uh, an SUV, and he was driving on, on a, a kind of like West Virginia area where, you know, you can almost read your own license plate because you're, you're going around so many crazy turns and stuff like that. And, and so he's driving along, and all of a sudden, he comes around a curve, and there's like... Uh, about a dozen penguins crossing the road in front of him, and he slams on the brakes, and he 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 just he just barely misses, you know, taking them out like bowling pins. And so he's like, "What am I going to do? These penguins are going to get killed if I don't do something." And so and so he just rounded them up and put them in his SUV. So he's got an SUV full of penguins, and and so he 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 drives up to a gas station, and uh, he, he's almost out of gas, and and he's filling up, and. And, and he, sees, he sees a guy kind of staring at him and looking like, what, what, what's going on with these birds in the back of this dude's car? And he's like, he's like hey, man, I, I just almost ran over these penguins in the road. He's like, I, I, don't, I don't know what to do. He says, I, I've got all these penguins in my car, and they were crossing the road. I put them in my car, but I don't know what to do with them. And the man said, why don't you just take them to the zoo? He's like, oh, of course, what a great idea. So, so, you know, he, he, he gets finished. They both finish and leave. And so the next week, um, he, the, the man with the, you know, that, that had the penguins, he drives up and, and parks and, and gets out. And he starts pumping gas. And the same dude is, is at the gas pump. And he looks over and he sees these penguins in the back of the car. And they all got little sunglasses on. They got little towels rolled up under their wings, you know. And they're kind of looking around with their sunglasses on. He's like, dude, I, I thought you were going to take these penguins to the zoo. He said, man, I did. And we had so much fun. This week we're going to the beach. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't do that, but he did. My point is this, there was some miscommunication about what this dude was saying about taking them to the, to the beach, or to the zoo. And I think that maybe, I, I just want to clarify my point for my sermon last week on purpose. Because when we, it seems like when, you know, the sermon was on purpose. I, I preached that on purpose. <laughs> um, bad joke, sorry. Um, but the purpose, <laughs> somebody went, the lump pump. Uh, the purpose that I was talking about is not our purpose. Like, we have a purpose for being here, of course. Each one of us has been given. You know, it says in Ephesians 2 that we're God's masterpieces created to do certain good works, you know, and, and so God puts us here for a purpose. And if we have time, MJ actually has a prophetic word for us this morning about that very thing. And, and I'm going to discern whether or not she's to give it this morning or maybe wait till next week. But, but, I just want you to know that you do have a purpose, but that's not what the sermon was about. The sermon was about God's purpose for us. It's, it's kind of like the what is he doing? It's, it's like his design for us. It's, 
It's, it's the what's God up to when it comes to you and me. And so it's, it's basically the what question. What is God up to? What is his design? What is he doing? What is his purpose? And God's purpose for us is to conform us to the image of his son. Can we put that slide up? To conform us to the image of his son. That's what, that's what we're here for. I mean, that's what God's up to. It's not what we're here for, but that's what God's up to. Yeah, we're here to be conformed to the image of God's son. That's, that's kind of like the, the, kind of the baseline for what we're here for, to be like Jesus. So God wants to replace your fleshly self-life with the life of Christ. I want to make that clear before we move on now to preparation. So the title of this morning's sermon is Preparation. And for those of you who hadn't been here for a while... We're going through this series called Spiritual or Radical Growth, and it's based on the book Principles of Spiritual Growth by Miles Stanford. And we're taking uh, the, each sermon is lining up with the, a chapter in, in the book. And so what I'm doing is, because it's written in kind of archaic language, is I'm paraphrasing uh, the book, each chapter, and each pa- uh, chapter will be available on the tables in the Welcome Center and in the entryway here. And you can get this... Beautiful, beautifully designed loose leaf notebook for a mere five dollars, which in, which will cover the cost of the printing of the of all the the chapters for everyone and this beautiful binder. And that's not all. If you buy today, no, I'm kidding. So I just wanted to let you know what we're doing. So we're on preparation, and um, preparation is a little bit. It can be a little bit misleading if you don't understand that this is answering the how question. How is God working in our lives to conform us to the image of Christ? The purpose is what's he up to? This is how is he doing it? How, how, does, he, how does he do the, the, the work to conform us to the image of Christ? And Jesus actually talks about this right at the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount in, in Matthew chapter 5. Excuse me. <coughs> Sorry. I'm choking here. Here we go. I think that's better. I'm just going to leave that off so I don't have to unscrew it if I need it again. Um, in the very beginning of the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus makes some amazing statements that I just love. And um, he says this, verse 3, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. One of the parts of God's plan is to... See, see let me put, let me put our, my first point up. God's aim here is to take our focus, this is the how, he takes our focus off of ourselves and, and causes us to put our focus on Christ. So God's aim is to take our focus off of self and turn us to Christ. Because self, if we are self-sufficient, self-reliant, self-confident, and everything is about us, imitating Christ and what would Jesus do and sucking it up and trying harder and fighting the devil and fighting temptation, we're going to fail. We're going to lose. And guess what? That's okay. 
that's okay. Because God, in, in, this, in, in his aim to re- remove our focus from self, we have to look away from ourselves and say, I'm a failure. And I have needs that I can't meet, and other people around me have needs that I can't meet. And so I'm turning to you, Jesus, and I'm going to say, now listen to this. This is a key phrase for the rest of my sermon. Jesus, I can't. I can't. But you can. And you live in me, so you do what I can't do in me and through me. You hear what I'm saying? And so God uses our needs and our failures as a part of helping conform us to the image of Christ so we're not relying on ourselves. Man, so many Christians are knocking themselves out, trying, trying, trying to be a better Christian, to be more loving and more patient and more uh, compassionate and more this and more that. And the more we look to ourselves to do that, the emptier we get. And so one of the beautiful things is that God's basic, according to the chapter, and I love this, God's basic ingredient for spiritual growth is need. It's need. Blessed are the poor in spirit. It doesn't say blessed are the rich in spirit. It says blessed are the poor in spirit. For theirs is the kingdom of God. God is going to give the kingdom to people who admit their need for him. Who ultimately say, God, I can't. Lord Jesus, I can't. Holy Spirit, I can't. But you can. And you live in me, so you do your work in and through me. I'm going to get my eyes off myself and my self-sufficiency and my self-giftedness and all that stuff. And I'm going to look to you to do what I can't do. We can do a lot of things, but Jesus said, unless you abide in me, you can do nothing. The branch has to be in the vine so that everything that's in the vine goes into the branch and then produces fruit. Let me give you an example of what I'm talking about. How many of you have realized your lack of patience and your need for patience in your life? (laughs) That is universal. Man, if you haven't realized that yet, you're in trouble. I just want to tell you that right now. If you think you're patient in, in and of yourself, you got something to learn because sooner or later you're going to run into it. And, and sooner or later we realize that, that my impatience is affecting my marriage. My impatience is, is I'm yelling at the kids and kicking the dog and leaning on the horn in traffic. I'm, I'm, I'm frustrated with my boss. I'm frustrated with with my, uh, my coworkers and my subordinates, the people that work for me. And I just can't seem to muster up patience to deal with this stuff. And so the way we deal with that, generally speaking, is we try harder. I'm going to try harder to have more patience because what would Jesus do? He would be patient. Well, guess what? In your flesh, you're not Jesus. So you can't imitate him. I'm sorry. And so we kind of realize that we need patience and it's not coming in our own strength. And we start praying this really stupid prayer. And guys, I know you probably prayed this, and I'm, I'm not calling you stupid, but the prayer is stupid. You say, Lord, teach me patience. Well, here's the problem, Derek, is patience can't be taught. That's why Derek and Edie shared the other night in their in small group or Sockham or whatever it was that every time they prayed for patience, life got worse. 
What God was trying to show you is that he can't teach you patience. <clears throat> patience is a fruit of the spirit. It's, and <clears throat> by the way, we're not talking about apples and oranges here and bananas, regardless of that song <laughs> um, and, and that you learned in, in vacation Bible school. The fruit of the spirit means the result of the spirit being in your life. <clears throat> so we draw from the inner spirit the, the Holy Spirit that lives in our lives, and we draw from the Spirit patience. That's how it's produced. But first we have to see the need. Unless we see the need for patience, we're not going to go, we're, we're going to, we start trying harder, and then we start asking him to teach us something he can't teach us, and then we realize, oh, what I need is for the Spirit of Christ to produce that in and through my life. And when we give up on self and we start looking to him, good things happen. And so we fail. My second point is failure of self is a main tool God uses in preparing us for real life and ministry. Does that make sense? So our needs drive us to God, but so do our failures. Now, Dennis, <clears throat> Dennis is going to give us the, 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 so I'm bad cop. He's going to be good cop next week. <laughs> Yeah, and he's going to be talking about how we're complete in Christ. That's the ultimate answer. Everything we need is already in us, in Christ. And so, listen, guys, if you're... I did a funeral Friday night for a man that I just love. Terry, uh, Terry Robson died uh, last week. Some of you know Terry. I did his funeral Friday night. And one of the things I said about Terry is he loved Jesus with all his heart. And he wanted to be a good Christian. And he would come to men's group and he would just pour his heart out to us and say, I just keep failing. And I would say to him, Terry, Terry, brother, you are saved. You have Jesus in your heart. It doesn't matter how many times you fail. He still loves you. And he had the hardest time receiving grace and receiving the free gift of salvation and just believing that. But I guarantee you, he doesn't doubt that anymore. Because <laughs> he's in the presence of the one who saved him and made him accepted in, 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 before God, before the Father. Christ Jesus made Terry accepted. He's accepted in Christ. And he knows that now, fully. But he struggles so much with that, just, just knowing that he was okay. And so, guys, when we, when we experience needs and we realize I'm impatient and it's affecting my, my relationships and, and I'm failing, I'm, I'm failing, I'm failing in my own strength, I, I can't do this, good. You're accepted in the beloved. If, you're, if you belong to Christ, you're good. By one sacrifice, Hebrews 11 or, or 10, uh, 14, by one sacrifice, by one sacrifice, Christ has perfected forever Terry, y'all, those who are being made holy. We've been perfected forever. Our salvation is secure. We belong to him. We are accepted in Christ. But the Holy Spirit rolls up his sleeves and comes in and starts dealing with us. And so there's a, you know, Paul said it this way. He said, he said, I'm crucified with Christ. I'm crucified with Christ. I've been, I've been put to death with him. Nevertheless, I live. 
Yet not I, but Christ lives in me. We're moving from focus on ourself to focus on Jesus, from life lived out of our flesh to life lived out of the spirit of the indwelling Christ. Amen. Our needs drive us to him so that we can let him fill us with himself. If we need more patience, we say, I can't be patient, Jesus, but you can. Do it in me and through me, through your spirit that dwells in me. Hallelujah. The end of, Dennis said this the other day in sermon prep. He listened to my sermon. He said, I think what you're trying to say is the end of self-reliant, the end of the self-reliant life is the beginning of the grace-based life. Let me say that again. The end of the self-reliant life is the beginning of the grace-based life where we draw what we need as a branch from the vine. Just supernaturally, naturally, supernaturally. Paul said, when I am weak, then you are strong. Your strength is made perfect in my weakness. Our failures enable us to receive God's grace. And we find his kindness. And his kindness, he doesn't beat us up when we fail and when we sin. He doesn't, he doesn't condemn us. No condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. We can take our, our stuff to the throne of grace, it says in Hebrews 4, and we find a, a high priest that is sympathetic and empathetic and loving and caring and grace-giving because he knows what we're going through in this flesh and blood life. And we find grace and help in our time of need. We find his grace that covers our failures, and then we, we receive his help that gives us the strength to live this life in the spirit, not in ourselves. And so my fourth point is, same, is the same as my first point. God's aim is to take our focus off of self and turn it to Christ. So that through our needs and through our failures, we can turn to him and God's character can begin to be released through our life's ups and downs. As we go through uh, uh, these, these problems, these struggles, these, these failures, these, these needs, and our, our strength and our efforts don't accomplish God's purposes at all, we begin to say, Lord, <laughs> on my own, I can't. I can't be patient. I can't be loving. I can't be compassionate. I can't be all that you displayed in Christ. I can't be like Jesus in my own strength, in myself, in my flesh. So, Lord Jesus, why don't, because you live in me, because your spirit is, is alive in me, why don't you just go ahead and do that through me, in me and through me? Why don't you go ahead and release your love to other people through me? I, I was ministering to a, a man from Columbus this week, and he was going through a really super hard time. And, and I was in that father relationship when I was ministering. I wasn't in the Abba. I've been in Abba a lot this week, trust me. But, but I, there, was, there was this moment where, where this man, he was my age. He was three months younger than me. And, and as I'm ministering to him and I'm loving on him, I, I just realized that the heart of the Father was being released through me. I was co-laboring with my Father. And the love, he was a perfect stranger, total stranger. But the love of God 
And the grace of God and the compassion of God was being released through my heart because of the Spirit. It had nothing to do with Neil Haney. It had everything to do with the Spirit of God in me. And I was co-laboring with my father to just love this man and just minister to him and wash his feet. That was fun. But that wasn't me. I have no capacity to love a total stranger from Columbus. I, I, I didn't know him from Adam. I never met him before. I talked to him for about two minutes on the phone to set up the appointment. He, he was the... Uh, he was a relative of someone who used to go to our church, and they called me and said, would you meet with him? And I said, yes. And I got to feel God's love and compassion for a total stranger because that's how the Spirit works. So, Lord Jesus, do in me and through me what I can't do. And then we begin to experience the exchange of life. Tell a quick story. I may have told this in the last six months. I don't know. I can't, I, you know, I'm at the age I can't remember <laughs> what I'm told and what I haven't. It just happens. My, when I'm with my parents, my dad will tell me, tell me stories. He's like, I've never heard this before. And he's told me 40 times the same story. But I sit and I listen again. So just, you know, please honor me as your spiritual papa, father, whatever here. And uh, get, get, you just indulge me this. But, but I love the story. Danny Meyer, who was uh, uh, associate pastor at Columbus Vineyard when we began to adopt into the vineyard, and in, in, we, we began that process in the year 2000, and um, uh, we, we finally adopted in in, in uh, 2002 into the vineyard movement. But Danny was our contact with the vineyard. He was the associate pastor there at Columbus, and, and I, had, I kept going over to Cooper Road in, in, in Columbus to, to visit this church, and I loved what was happening. I loved, what I, loved the music, loved the teaching, loved the atmosphere, loved the supernatural you know, focus of, of just the gifts and, and, and works of the Spirit. Danny was this loving, gentle, pastoral guy. He was, like I said, he was associate pastor, but he was also like the kind of the regional overseer for the rest of the vineyard churches in, in the region. And so he was my guy, and uh, about, it's been about five, four years ago now, I heard him tell this story at a, at a conference. He said that um, when he was a kid, he lived in New York. He was a Jewish guy, lived in New York. He got saved when he was in his 20s in college. But uh, he lived in New York, and his grandpa lived across the city from where they lived. And, and you know, New York's a big place. So his, his grandfather would... Uh, about once a month, would take the train from Queens or wherever he lived, and he would take the train through New York to near where Danny and his family lived. And Danny would always go with his dad to, to pick his grandpa up at the, at the railroad station. And he said the same thing happened every single time for years. Grandpa would always put a, a nice, shiny silver dollar in his pocket. And so when, when Danny and his dad would greet his grandpa at the railroad station, he would, you know, hugs and everything, and he would back up and he'd say, Danny, what do you have in your pocket? And Danny said, sometimes I had a marble, sometimes I had a, a bubblegum wrapper, sometimes I had a, a, a penny, sometimes I had just pocket fuzz. I just had pocket fuzz. That's all I could find. I'm scrunching around and pull out some pocket fuzz. He said, it didn't matter. It didn't matter what he pulled out. 
He said, let me see what you got. And he would open his hand, and he'd be like, Danny, that is the finest marble I have ever seen. Danny, that, that, is, the, that is absolutely the finest pocket fuzz I have ever seen. <laughs> he said, I'll tell you what. I'll give you this, this silver dollar if you'll give me your pocket fuzz, if you'll give me that marble. And they would make this exchange. And Danny said, that's us. We, all we've got is pocket fuzz. <laughs> we bring him our, our little penny. We bring him our marble. We, we give him our bubblegum wrapper. That's what we got. That's what we have to offer. And he gives us this beautiful, shiny silver dollar of everything that we need to live in life and godliness. Jesus, God, God is wanting to teach us God is wanting, actually, not teach. There again, we can't be taught. We, he wants to transform us by bringing us to the place where we say, Jesus, this is all I got, and it's nothing, and it's not going to match the need I have here, or I have failed. Look at this failure. And, 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 and God reaches out, and he takes that, and he says, I'll take that failure. I'll, I'll take that need, and I'll give you what you need here. I'll give you grace. I'll give you forgiveness. I'll give you strength. I'll give you my love. I'll give you my heart. Here, take this. And as we do that, we become a little bit more like Jesus. Let's pray. As I begin to pray, I'm just going to read just a quick quote here from the book. Our, our personal heartbreaking failure in every phase of our Christian life is our Father's preparation for His success on our behalf. The work of God continues on in our lives until we begin to experience His success by His performance and not our own. Hallelujah. And so, Lord Jesus, we, we give up. We give up. We say, Lord Jesus, we can't, but you can. We can't do this. We can't believe this. We can't feel this. We can't exercise this. We can't solve this. But you can because and because you live inside of me, because you live inside of us. You take over now and do what I can't do. In me and through me, in us and through us. And help us to live like that. In Jesus name. Amen. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed this message. For more information about our church, visit vineyardnorthridge.org or find us on social media at Vineyard Northridge.